National Federation of the Blind. Live the life you want. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. Well, good morning and welcome to Saturday in the studio. I'm Tom King and we are joined here today by Merle Kelch live in the studio to take your financial and investment questions, 715-845-2155. And I know it's a busy day for you because you've got a big thing happening at the Eagles Club tonight. Uh, we do indeed. Want to yeah, give us some yeah. details of, uh, on that right out of the well, shoot? you know, Tom, thanks for asking. This is an unsolicited testimonial right here. This is beautiful. You know, we have, uh, this will be our fourth year, folks, at the Wasa Eagles Club. Um, uh, we as a group have been doing Toys for Tots, and we uh, put together a, a band and some music, and uh, uh, so the admission is either $5 or a new unwrapped toy, and a lot of people just do both. And uh, we stop in. We stop at six, start at 6 o'clock, and somewhere about 10 o'clock, and uh, we have some music. and Some early hours for the old people. <clears throat> well, we, we, try to, we try to accommodate for everybody here, and... Uh, but well, we had to make it a little bit earlier this year because tomorrow morning we have pancake breakfast ah. uh, as well. And uh, we need some time to tear down or reset for tomorrow morning right away. Mm -hmm. And uh, so so we need a little bit of extra time in there. But it's a heck of a good time. This year we couldn't get the Marines because they're so busy doing other Toys for Tots stuff. So we couldn't get the, the Marines to come down in that whole bit. But uh, um, as they know, and they better be listening, well, they're probably not up at this time in the morning, these young guys. But um, So we'll have to, they'll pick up the toys and all that sort of stuff. But... It's a great event. It's a lot of fun. And uh, my good friend Don Haney uh, uh, called us up and said, I'll fly out and do the show for free. And so uh, with that, uh, if you if you don't know our good friend uh, Todd Canfield uh, steps up on drums, he's going to play first time he's played for a long time. And, um, and our friend uh, um, uh, Russ Burnett from uh, Bobby Blues Torture Souls donated her time. And so I'm going to do the sound stuff. So it's all volunteers. So we call it the EBB for the Emergency Blues Band. You're not going to uh, sing, tonight. are you? Um, uh, they at no, I, I, that's it's not going to happen. We did have a that's great a time right at rehearsals there, right? last night, so it was a fun time at rehearsals. All right. So, all right, well, that's stuff. happening tonight at the Eagles Club, which of course is in Wausau on the end of Third Avenue. If you uh, if you go into the water or onto the ice, you've gone too far. Yeah, just turn around, and look for the you know the brown building, you should yeah, be able okay. to uh, pick it up from there. All right, uh, you want to talk about inflation a little bit today because that that's a word that we've been hearing a lot of the, about uh, the last few weeks. Uh, yeah. There, you know, there are some people who say it's transitory. Some people say, well, you can't really call it transitory anymore because it's lasted too long. And uh, it sounds like the Federal Reserve it says it's going to last until maybe the spring before it uh, it becomes uh, more helpful. Although we are seeing some uh, regression in the price of oil, and uh, mm -hmm. so that would mean should mean gas prices will be coming down here. Before, we hope before Christmas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But talk about inflation a little bit and how it affects people's portfolios, putting together your portfolio, and maybe changes you need to make to your portfolio to protect it against all of that inflation. Sure. Yeah. What's interesting about this is 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 we got to bring it down to like the most rudimentary, uh, most basic place to understand why inflation is such an issue and why people are always saying inflation, 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 inflation. You know, if we have a dollar, Tom, that you don't have to spend on an extra fee for something, you have a dollar now in your hand that you can use for other things. Um, um, as you know, if you're spending $200 more a month um, um, on groceries or on um, gasoline, uh, that's $200 less that you can have for spending for other stuff or maybe saving for a future purchase of something else. Or if you're in a business standpoint, if you're having to pay more for 
um, a widget juice that you didn't normally have to, that you don't have that $200 or $2,000 or $200,000, the number may be, for additional investment and in projects to help expand the business. And so that money just essentially goes off to warm the atmosphere. You know, it just goes up because if your cost has gone up by 20% and you collect 20% more, you're not any further ahead. You're in the same place, just more cash went flowing through. And so, so with it, inflation acts on the ability um, or re- reduces the ability for us to create economic expansion. And when you have that or that inability to create economic expansion and things don't just go sideways forever, eventually they go down. And we see that happen inside of an economy, too, if we have too many inflationary pressures. Any of us that are old enough to remember the, the late 70s and early 80s remember all of this sort of stuff. Um, where you, uh, you know, it's not that bad right now where you have to pay for the meal before you eat it to get the discount. But, you know, it almost seemed like that back in those days. So, so we don't want to have that happen. You know, in business, we have this thing called an economic multiplier effect. And I've talked about it a bunch of times on the show, but all it simply means is that if I have a business and I create more employees and I buy more equipment and that whole bit to expand that business and make that growth even bigger, that dollar that I spend then gets spent to the, 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 the new employee. That new employee now has to buy food and housing and cars and that whole bit for their livelihood. And I have to buy new machines and those companies then spend it on their employees. And that dollar gets expanded through the course of the economy. Well, if inflationary is sucking up all that dollar amount, that doesn't happen and it slows things down. So we don't want to have inflation. Now, the interesting part about this is that we had so much economic stimulus going out to everybody. And with all that economic stimulus going out to everyone, it created a mountain of cash looking for stuff to buy. With that mountain of cash looking for something to buy, it becomes the perfect definition of what inflation is, which is too much money chasing too few goods. And it started creating an inflationary effect almost instantly. I looked at what our economy is doing right now, going back to 2019, uh, 20, and then now 20 and 21. And almost on every front, we're kicking it, with the exception of box office sales. And you know what? If we're going to the box office less, let those weirdos in Hollywood starve. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Well, we are watching more <laughs> movies at home, too, and, and paying streaming services and, and, and doing it that way as opposed to going to the theater. Certainly true, and I'm not sure if that's going into the mix. Um, hopefully, it's you know it's not box office, but uh, it's true. Uh, we are. So, so, so with that, then, um, the thing that I think is still really hindering us is inflation because there's too much money that's going out there just paying high cost of things. Um, and so the inflationary effects, because there's still so much cash, is going to continue on. Um, and I don't think it's transitory as they thought. I don't see we're seeing a lot of stuff dropping down in price. So we're seeing it happen in a number of areas. Uh, lumber has, has come down compared to where we were, say, a year ago. Um, uh, yeah, so lumber prices have come down. We're seeing certain things come down. Um, but, it, but it's still here. So the best thing I can say, folks, is go take this cash and go buy a bunch of junk and put it in your garage. And that's where it ends up anyway. <laughs> there, are, there are some people that are arguing that there are a few big, I'm talking the, the big businesses, that are using this fear of inflation to keep prices high and that are raking in pretty big profits now. Uh, we've had the stock market make this adjustment the last week, but there are some who are arguing that there are some of the big retailers that are still raking in the profits, and yet they're keeping the prices artificially high. How do you answer that? I mean, is that is that something that's happening? Do you think that that they can they can they can blame inflation and keep the prices up there even though they really don't have to? I think there's always going to be places like that. You know, if we 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 look at and I think the easiest one to take a look at with the prices of stuff going up and down is in the fuel, the gas stations. 
Um, all you have to have is a whisper that the price per oil is going up and inject the prices up at the gas station, even though the oil that's sitting right there inside of the tanks had nothing to do with the price going up. And then as the price goes down on the oil marketplace, it goes down so slowly inside of their tank, you figure they didn't read the news. So, so, so we see that happen on a regular basis, but from a retail standpoint, it really kind of comes down to competition. So somebody's keeping their prices up artificially. Um, uh, the place next door might be say, well, that we can't really do that. And so let competition solve that and solve competition. will. if you have all the stores doing it, well, now you have, of course, collusion and that's illegal. So, so is it happening? Maybe, you know, we have companies like Walmart who just, you know, bought their own ships to make sure they had their supplies. Um, um, and they're having to market value and price on things. Um, you know, so I don't know if they're holding their prices up and I'm not picking on them. I'm just simply saying they were smart and got their own ship. So they had their own supply chain. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I don't know if it's as widespread as we might believe, but I guarantee it's out there someplace. How about the, uh, the people who suggest that we should just go around the supply chain problem by buying everything that we can from local people, whether it, and stuff that is grown locally, raised locally, made locally that don't rely on parts that are sitting on container ships off the coast of California. I think that's only smart. Why wouldn't we try to do that as much as we possibly can? You know, Tom, we've talked about it before. If I can find something that's made in America, I'll buy it inside of America. And I don't care if it costs a little bit more money. I'll, I'll do it every time as soon as I see it. Yeah, but you're different than um, most Americans who want to look at the cheapest thing they can possibly find, right? Yeah, but you know what? I don't see that much of a difference between one thing. You know, if we have something that's made in China, we have something that's made in America, America might be a little bit higher in price, but it's not where nobody can buy, buy it. It just simply becomes that conscious decision. Um, and so I try to do that where I can't. Some things you just can't. I mean, there's certain things inside of electronic world. We can't find everything that's made in America these days. Um, uh, so as a result of that, um, uh, you know, we, we end up having to buy something that's made in other places, you know, China or Vietnam or something like that. The advertising gets around that by saying assembled in America. Assembled. Oh, yeah. We sell that. There's a, uh, so I need a new pair of binoculars for the hunting season. So. I looked around all over the place trying to find, and there's an American manufacturer. There's actually a manufacturer of, of binoculars and rifle scopes and that hope stuff right here in Wisconsin, except they buy everything and assemble it essentially in Wisconsin or buy it all and have it shipped from someplace else. Those are Wisconsin company. I, 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 I didn't buy them because it's you know not from America sort of stuff. So I buy an, another brand of, of binocular that's, you know, uh, have most of their stuff is made in America, assembled in America. So I get the ones that I have here and the glass on the inside comes from Switzerland. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, <laughs> mm. yeah, so um, at least I didn't have the C word in there, though. They did have a label on, on a couple of parts that these came from, from China. So they had the label on the couple of parts that they needed. Unfortunately, there were just certain types of clips, but, uh, all right, we're going to take a we're going to take a break here. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call here this morning. We'll be right back on WSAU. One in five of us is bullied. One in three of us is overweight or obese. One in five of us. Well, I took the first step. Now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch & Associates, joining us here in Wausau. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is making a run. He was in Asia, and now he's in Europe, talking about the situation between Russia and Ukraine with uh, European allies. He was also uh, meeting in Asia with uh, some of our Asian allies and the situation between China and Taiwan. And we've talked in the past about investing in, in Chinese companies or looking at the Chinese market, and it certainly appears that China and Taiwan is heating up a bit what does that do for you as far as looking at Chinese companies or anything involving the Chinese market at this point? 
Yeah, we, we, I think we talked about it on last week's program um, where uh, Tom had mentioned, and I believe it was last week's program. We'll have to actually go back and see it. But, you know, what happens, you know, what do we do about investing inside of Chinese companies? At that point in time, I said, I don't like to do it because they're a communist country. And, and many people forget that. They, you know, they, they forget that, you know, communist countries have the tendency of usually saying, well, we've changed our mind. We're not doing this anymore. And it actually happened this past week. And, and so, so with that, with Taiwan and with, as we look at it, China and that whole bit going on, um, China thinks Taiwan's theirs. Taiwan says we were independent, uh, you know, leave us alone, and, and we could get stuck in the middle of that. But from an economic standpoint, the things we have to look at is, is obviously there's a couple of large uh, Chinese companies that are actually listed on our stock exchange. And in here you have Neo, Alibaba, and, of course, Didi, which has um, uh, now been delisted, Didi Global, actually. So they raised a whole bunch of money in a, uh, what's called an initial public offering here in the U.S., and uh, the Chinese government said, well, we want you out to the New York Stock Exchange. You're not going to do this anymore. Well, and the Biden so administration— the listing and moving over to Taiwan or the, to uh, Hong Kong. The Biden administration has also uh, put a number of Chinese companies on the list where they cannot be owned by Americans anymore because of the security risks And involved. not only that, but now they have to disclose who actually owns them yeah. and what percentage of the stuff. And, it, and it's the only right thing to do, and it should have happened that way when they first came in and begin with. Okay, who owns you? Um, are you owned by the you know the the communist government uh, to a certain percentage, which is almost always the case? Um, how are you being? It only makes sense to be the case, as well as you know we go go back to the Trump administration with Huawei. I mean, Huawei was uh, collecting information all over the world and uh, having it inside of our our infrastructure for five G, and that whole bit just didn't make any sense to do so. And, and so I don't know if the Chinese are thinking now they're going to start pulling them back here that it's going to affect us and affect our economy. It's, it's, it's generally not going to because it's the stockholders just saying, oh, okay, we won't have that company. But yeah, we have to watch out. We're investing inside of these corporations. It just it what, becomes a problem. What does that do when we're going the other direction, though? I mean, the uh, Winter Olympics are scheduled to be held in Beijing in a few months. There are calls to boycott the Olympics because of the treatment of that tennis player uh, and the human rights abuses of the Chinese government. And yet, I would imagine every major United States corporation sells things in China and wants to sell things in China to that huge population. What do you tell those companies about doing business with China then at this point? Well, I mean, we've done, we've done business and, and we've had allies that have, uh, you know, not been the, not been the most upright people in the past. It's well, there, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, what, what I tend to find is in, in that I'm sure somebody can, correct me and say you're wrong about everything. And I'm not going to say everything in a statement, but it tends to be that if we have an American product that starts selling inside of China, it's only a short period of time before they take those ideas and they replicate it on their own and we're not selling our products, but there's a competitor in there that's a Chinese company. That has been the model inside of China for a long time. Um, I know a, a local window manufacturer that uh, were welcomed by the Chinese government to start building windows like theirs in China. And as they looked in doing it, they had to give a, a, a controlling ownership of the company that they were going to build inside of China and had no guarantees that they wouldn't have competition from the Chinese government. And so our local window manufacturers said, well, we're not going to send companies or we're not going to send products to your company, your country. You're going to steal them from us. And they did not do that. So the credit to them. Um, and so we see that on a regular basis. And I think a lot of our large manufacturers have seen the exact same thing. You know, Amazon goes into China. Alibaba comes up, you know. Uh, we have uh, rideshare and that type of stuff. Uh, DD pops up, you know. So we see these sort of companies. And what's interesting to me is we saw a lot of these Chinese companies then coming back to America to raise capital through our IPO marketplace or initial public offerings. So my opinion then is that a lot of these companies that are doing this um, are only going to get you know products, technology now, who it's stolen from them from the Chinese government. 
you know, the Chinese government has, you know, five-year plans that they set up, which is pretty consistent. Remember, uh, China's been doing it for a long time, back in the time since Mao Zedong. And if they can't get there with, from developing their own technology, they've been running around the world stealing it uh, to a large degree. I'm there not are, saying anything that's a surprise to anybody. There are cheap knockoff companies here in the United States, though, right, uh, that basically look at it, this as competition. If we can take an idea and make it, you know, somebody else's idea and make it cheaper and change it just enough so we don't get sued for copyright infringement or whatever— they do sure. it. I mean, uh, they do, but at least they've developed a lot of their own technology. They didn't just go through and steal it, um, uh, which is what we're seeing happen inside uh, a lot inside of uh, China. All right, we need to take a break for some news. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Merle regarding your portfolio, that's why we're here today. Investment advice is here, and today it's free. Give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only, and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. I found hope in the midst of an overwhelming situation. I let go of trying to control. Be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Winter weather is currently on order. It's going to get brutal. This order is being processed and prepared for shipping. You're going to be shoveling. Not just snow. Polar plunge. To track your package. The snowfall we're tracking. Tracking. Tracking this winter storm. Listen to your severe weather station. Back in another storm. We are still on track for widespread snow. Next several hours, the snow starts moving in. For the latest on expected delivery. All right, here's what's going to happen. Central Wisconsin's News Talk and Weather Station. WSAU. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. Phone lines are open, 715-845-2155. You know, there's a study that's out I thought was interesting, especially, you know, during uh, this time of the year as we're starting to get inside as they were inside through the course of the summer in the south. If we look at it and say, well, COVID, COVID is numbering. We just talked about in the break, folks, that the uh, the numbers in ICU beds are up because of, you know, COVID. Um, we look at it and there's a new study that finds that most COVID-19 boosters strengthen immunity although there's no real clear winning shot. It's an article by Jamie Lee that we're seeing out there on uh, marketwatch.com. Although I saw Jim Cramer did pick a winner. I think he, he says Pfizer uh, as a company is better than Moderna, and uh, that's his decision. Well, he, he might be looking at the bottom line as far as the profitability of the stock, which would make sense to me. Um, but uh, in here they're saying there's no real winner. They all will do their job as yeah. they're supposed to, right. uh, doing the mix and match. And I thought it was interesting because, um, uh, you know, folks, I, I, uh, uh, I enjoy a little bit of hunting. And so um, I have friends that are in South Africa, so I try to get over there and uh, we're slotted to go in March. And that looks like it's, it's not going to happen this year. And uh, so I had COVID uh, a little under a year ago. And uh, so people say, you're going to get vaccinated. I said, yeah, I don't have a problem not getting vaccinated. And oddly enough, I've been saying all fall and the summer, I said, I'm going to wait till the latter part of the year in case something pops up, just in case I need something different as we get ready to go to South Africa. Well, Interestingly enough, here we go. Um, uh, now you'll have to go hunting in South Pavent instead. Well, yeah, there we go. I might have to. Well, I'll probably still need a vaccine. Mm. So there's a <laughs> shout out to all my friends in Pavent, which we got a bunch of them out there. So, um, so, but interestingly enough, uh, no clear winner. What they're saying, and this is going from a booster standpoint, 
uh, not from a bottom line standpoint. And I didn't know this, Tom, but I'm reading through, and there's actually a number of names that are popping in here I did not know that had vaccines. Of course, we're familiar with the uh, the uh, BioNTech, of course, and Pfizer. Uh, there's uh, Novavax, of course, uh, Velineva, AstraZeneca, CureVac, Johnson & Johnson, and Moderna. So all have vaccines. Some are and, from uh, different other countries and yeah, just yeah. haven't been approved to be um, used here in the U.S. Yeah, so interesting that uh, um, it's out there. So um, I guess uh, uh, you know, from this standpoint, I'm looking at it, it's not really helping my mind saying which one is the best. It's just simply saying that uh, uh, get one, of course. Let's go to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? This is Jim. Jim, you're on with Merle. Go ahead. Morning, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Merle, I listen to Crazy Kramer once in a while, and he talks about being diversified. How many stocks do you think it takes to be diversified? If you were trading in individual stocks in individual or, and stocks. not yeah, mutual funds? Individual yeah. stocks, not ETFs, just individual stocks. Well, I am going to pop up a uh, study that we were forced to ingrain and tattoo in our arm from college. It's that important. That was a long time ago, though. Oh, geez, it was a long time ago. So <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, in here, Jim, a couple of guys, you don't need to know the name, but Ross and Blacks, um, uh, many, many years ago, uh, went through and said, how do we take volatility out of the options marketplace? And as part of that, they found that uh, they tended to have the same, uh, same uh, responses if they took a look at individual stocks. And I don't know the exact percentage, but I'm pretty close to it. But the you can take out um, about 80% of the volatility um, of your stock market by diversifying between a number of stocks. And that number is about a dozen different stocks in different areas. Now, you'll have a bunch of people that will buy, well, I got six stocks. I said, what are your stocks? Well, it's you know Microsoft, and it's uh, NVIDIA, and it's AMD, and it's uh, Intel, and it's Amazon. Well, no, it's, it's oh, that's all technology. It's all the same area. It's not the same place. So, you know, say you have a dozen stocks. Well, you have 12 some. doesn't sound like a lot. I mean, if you're diversified, that, that yeah. doesn't sound like a lot of stocks. But it's going to be it's going to be 12 stocks in, um, uh, you know, say here, manufacturing, yeah, yeah, yeah. health care. Sure. Yeah. You're going to have something that's going to So it's got to be in different areas, Jim. Now, to do it okay. properly, I've done the math so many times. To be able to do it right and to do it properly, it, it takes some dollars to do so to make it economically viable for you. And it usually takes about sixty to eighty thousand dollars, in my opinion, to be able to get enough in all the different areas. So not only would you diversify them, but you ideally want to have stocks that are large cap, mid cap, and small cap. Some that are considered more value orientation, some that are more growth orientation. And if you can, to get international, and to do that with stocks, it takes about a dozen, fifteen stocks. And it takes about sixty or eighty thousand dollars to do it right with individual stocks. It can be fantastic. It really can be. But we find that most people don't do that. Most people say, well, I got a tip from the bus driver, not picking on bus drivers. Uh, but, you know, I got a tip from my friend, my brother-in-law, whichever the case may be, and I'm not picking on brother. Well, maybe I got I'm a, picking on I got a tip from your favorite radio talk show host. Yeah, I got a tip from a radio talk show host. Um, you know, so so from that, you know, people go That's through. That's pretending they have money enough money time. to invest. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, you know, so, so, Jim, it's possible, and you can build a great portfolio doing it. You just have to make sure that you're, do your homework, your research, as far as making sure you get that diversification, but different areas. Jim, I hope that helps you. Hey, that does a lot. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks You're for welcome, the call. Buddy. Appreciate it. 715-845-2155, the number to call if you have a question for Merle. Most people's retirement planning uh, or portfolio, if you will, is set up, first of all, through their 401k, and then they move on from there. What do you tell people who don't have access to a 401k? How do they set up their retirement portfolio and where do you, where do you begin in that situation if you do not have a 401k 
it's the same principle. You're just savings out of your own plan. You know, so if you don't have a 401k or something at work, you start saving this out of your own plan. If you're self-employed, it's a little bit different animal because you can essentially create your own 401k. Um, but if, if not, you have to start putting money away inside of IRAs like everybody else does for yourself. If you have a spouse, you put it in for you and your spouse. That money just continues and keeps going in on a regular basis. Um, if you can do a Roth, great. Um, if you can't, you start saving the outside. But you know, if we look at a time, if you say, well, I'm saving uh, 10% of my income, you're doing inside of a 401k, though you're getting the tax boost and you might be getting a, a matching contribution, as all really good companies do. Um, um, but you can still put away that 10% outside, even if you're not working at a company little more disciplined, but you can still do it and, and should. And there's a way to do it where you can just get it automatically taken out of your check like you do with your 401k that you never see it? Not not out of the paycheck. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, inroads in to try to have that happen where you could just simply have money from your paycheck go into some sort of an account on your own. Um, and some companies have that, but not all companies do, especially small companies do not. Um, uh, but that's really kind of a eh, great idea, but it never really came to fruition that it became easy for all companies to do so. Um, so you usually have it come directly out of your checking account. So you have the money go into your checking account and you adjust as such. More difficult 20 years ago in this business because you couldn't see what was happening electronically inside of your checking account. Uh, but today you could look at it and say, well, geez, my checking account's getting a little low. I could put some more cash in there just making sure you're covering for whatever distribution comes out um, or ACH has going into an investment account. You talk about mitigating risk by diversifying the portfolio. Obviously, at different points in a person's life, they should look for more risk as opposed to less, and at certain points, less risk as opposed to more. How do you make those determinations? Is there a one-size-fits-all situation for that, or is it is it individually uh, put together? Um, because obviously, let's face it, midlife, when you're making the most money, you would think that would be the time when you need to invest in the things that have the larger return and the bigger risk as opposed to getting closer to retirement age. You, know, you, you hit upon something that's accurate. Uh, our industry tries to create a boilerplate in saying that if you're 35, you should invest in these types of investments. And when you're 75, you should be investing inside of these, and they try to create a boilerplate. It really doesn't work. You know, and, and, here, and here's, here's my opinion. And so I, I know compliance is going to listen to this, and I don't mean to get into an issue with them, but there's a part of this is that I have clients that are in their 90s and don't want anything to do with, uh, you know, they're supposed to be the safe corporate and government bonds. They don't want anything to do with that stuff's a bunch of junk. I don't want it. And they diversify and they buy individual equities and stocks. Now, they've been doing it for 60 years. They know what they're doing. Um, um, and, they're, and they're willing to accept the ups and downs of the marketplace as a result of doing so. And then I have some people that are in their 40s and saying, I don't want to be inside of the stock market. So everybody has their own personal risk um, uh, or sleep you know, meter, if you will. Uh, what do we want to do to be able to sleep at night? The thing I look about it is, Tom, if you and I, between our husband and wives, our husband and wives, oh, is that you and I? Well, we'll figure this out. If we jointly, between husband and wives, if we hit a, a, an attained age of 61, uh, there's a 90% probability, I'm sorry, 84% probability that one of us is going to be alive by age 90. So if we take the old models from the, uh, you know, the 70s, and even when I started in this business in the 80s, and we take a look at those models and say, well, when you hit 65 years old, you should be at at least a 60-40 blend, 40% going into the bond marketplace, and then 60% only to conservative stocks. We're going to starve to death by the time we hit age 90 if we're starting to do that at 60 or 65. The portfolio still has to continue to keep going. Do you still want the risk? No, but you want to make sure that you're getting the growth as best you can in the portfolio. In an environment right now, the bond marketplace is, is, is really – going to be in a tough place, not for making interest. That's not the issue. It's because of the rising interest rate environment makes bond prices come down. 
And so from that, you have so many people that are saying, well, you need to have a, a blend in your portfolio stocks to bonds. They put people inside of bond mutual funds, and it's a time bomb waiting to happen. People are going to lose money. Um, and if it's not inside of an IRA, probably lose money and have to pay taxes. It's one of those weird things that happens every you know, five, seven, ten years. And it's about to, folks. Um, I'm not a predictor in saying the world's falling apart, but you have to look at your portfolio because it's, it's going to happen. Now, if you have individual bonds, it's a different animal. But uh, That's pretty much the world falling apart, isn't it, where you're losing money and having to pay taxes for the uh, for the for the process, it happens, and, and you it it happens when you have a rising interest rate environment. It happens for a short period of time, and you look at it and go, "Crap, this stunk," you know. And uh, but we're coming there. So, so bond portfolios are difficult bonds. I like, and bonds right now we can't get the prices that we normally want to. Um, I still think of bond prices are probably ten percent above par where they should be. Um, so we still have not bought individual bonds in our office in a long time. And folks, I love individual bonds, especially if I can get a municipal bond where I can insure the principal and interest for a client and it's tax-free. It's like the panacea. The clouds open. We start hearing, oh, I mean, the whole thing. But the, we just can't get price on them in the yield. It's not worth it to go into a municipal bond that's going to pay us a percent or a percent and a half. So is that eventually yeah. going to come back? Is that eventually going to happen? Absolutely. Or you'll be able to go, ah. We don't know when, but it will. You know, if I had to guess a year, maybe a year and a half or two, and then we'll see our municipal bond buyers uh, really starting to come back in, in droves again because we have the ability to get uh, great yield at a great price. I mean, some of the best stuff that we bought, uh, and Jesus, probably five or six years ago, Tom, maybe even a little bit longer, we bought the Brewer Bonds. Remember the old Brewer Bonds that were out? Oh, for the Miller Park Stadium. Yeah, for the Miller Park yeah. Stadium. Mm-hmm. Jesus, uh, folks, you want to talk about a, you know, a point in history. We're picking up these brewer bonds at 5.1% yield, or you know that's the amount that is in your pocket, at 5.1% yield. We're buying 30-year bonds, and it's federal and local tax-free, so it's double tax-free. Um, and you're like, Jesus. And, and they were buying up, they were coming in $100,000 blocks, and I couldn't I couldn't keep them. I knew there was somebody there. I just called them, you want to buy one? Sure. It, it, it done. I mean, you're just buying it. And so we're looking like superheroes right now. Because not only is the price of the bond went up, but you're still getting 5.1% federal, uh, state and, and federal tax-free. Yahtzee. Certainly better than the <clears throat> shares of stock the Green Bay Packers sell, right? <laughs> <laughs> they have no return whatsoever. <clears throat> you're buying you're buying prints for the wall, folks. That's, right. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. We need to take a break here. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. Now, this day. Here's Chris Connolly. They play professional football in Canada, but it's very different than the NFL on this day, December 4th. This is a St. Jude moment. Ashton was a high-level athlete, and in a, an instant, your world flips, and your healthy five-year-old competitive cheerleader has a brain tumor. And the physician was like, your best option is St. Jude. Receiving treatment that was life-saving for our child and knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org. Sources at BeSafeRx. Go to FDA.gov slash BeSafeRx. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. Phone lines are open. We've got a few minutes left uh, here. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. Well, all right, I'll give you a chance to gloat and uh, tell all the uh, Bitcoin people how wrong they have been <laughs> since Bitcoin just got hammered in the last couple of days. Uh, 
No, no, not saying how wrong they are. <laughs> that's that's not the case. Um, but just uh, uh, the the difficulty I have, of course, if you've listened to this program, you've heard me say for probably three or four years, is that Bitcoin is a computer program. There's no hard asset that you're actually holding, and that just leaves the door open to problems. And it seems like there's problems that are okay that are there right now. From a 24-hour period spanning Friday morning to this morning, Bitcoin's price went from fifty-seven thousand to forty-seven thousand, losing ten thousand dollars or more than seventeen percent. Now, if this was a stock you would see this as a buying opportunity. If the company was making money, that's the whole thing. Yeah, we want to have, and so right now, I mean, the, the articles that are popping up on, on the news because of the stock market coming down now is, you know, here's the 10 stocks to take advantage of because they went down. You look at stocks that are still making money and they just got guilt by association. Essentially, if anybody had any hint that uh, this current variant was going to uh, slow the economy down, that stock price went down. And those that were going to make money when you're staying at home, like what happened in 2019, I'm sorry, 2020, um, those went up and it just happened. So you look at it, you know, stocks that are out there that are doing, uh, that have been doing great. And just because of a knee-jerk reaction of people hinting and thinking that maybe the economy were going to get shut back in again, those stock prices went down, even though we're still making money uh, two days before, those stocks just went on sale. Well, let me let me ask you this, going back to COVID for a minute, because we had uh, the head of the CDC this morning say that she believes at this point now that COVID is going to become endemic in this country. It is always going to be around. And as long as we have a large chunk of the population that will not get vaccinated um, and we have the situation where we're running out of ER beds and hospital beds, do we need to build more hospitals? Do we need to build more emergency rooms if this, in fact, is going to be an endemic situation where we are always going to have hundreds, if not thousands of people suffering from some variant of COVID over the next 10, 20, 30 years? It would seem that way to me. I mean, it really would be. Uh, you know, how do you uh, how do you not make an argument that that seems like a really uh, a good idea, honestly? So then taking it a step further, would you then look at investing in companies that own hospitals and medical facilities and build hospitals and medical facilities if, in fact, this was going to be the case? Construction and growth companies, I mean, that's the direction to look at. You know, your your path to uh, conservatism is really doing well, Tom, and I'm really happy for this you. Isn't, this isn't you, – you make it sound like liberals and Democrats don't invest in the stock market. I mean, it, Well, not quite like, the, you know, good people do. I, oh, I see. I, uh, okay. <laughs> so what's interesting I, I found this morning is uh, – uh, here we go. According to the national, uh, according to their national blood uh, donor surveillance program, as of September 2021, the CDC estimates that 91.8 percent of the U.S. population, ages 16 and older, have developed antibodies to COVID-19 through vaccinations or other infection. I thought that was kind of interesting and a high number, um, even though we have so many people going in. So. Um, I have noticed that the the death rate in the seven year seven day moving average has been dropping off considerably since September. Right. Well, and that's so because because down. the so, vaccines are helping people not yeah, get yeah, sick and exactly. not die. And, 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 and so the doctors it, keep telling you that, that most yeah. of the people that are in the hospital are the people that are not vaccinated. So so my my point in coming to this is this. So if we still have this many people that are still going to the hospital, but we still have that type of a a uh, um, a rate as regards to. Um, Oh, the brain just went completely dead. Well, I mean, we're going to have to the, the, we're going to have to look at it. We're going to have to look at it. It would make it. sense to me that we should. We're going to have to look at it as getting a booster every year, like we do a flu shot. I would imagine. It looks like, yeah, because of the variants that are. Well, I mean, keep... really, the, the the COVID that's happened as far as uh, you know our age group. You know, you, you look at the 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 fifty up. 
age group. Um, the vaccine has essentially made it so it's like the percentage of a flu. I mean, it's really kind of coming down to that. Um, and so, so with that, it would only make sense that we're going to continue to have that. This thing's always going to continue to have a variant or something of nature to that. Um, it would make sense that we're going to have it until it gets higher and higher under control, in, especially in other countries that don't have as much vaccination as we do. Um, uh, you know, South Africa, and I, I, just because I have friends in South Africa, folks, uh, you know, their, their vaccination is at 20-some percent. Uh, so they haven't even crossed the 30 border yet as far as their vaccinations. And I think until they get that up, until we see India get up, you know, the heavier numbers, uh, though India, some pockets of India, are, are, I think, are higher than us now. Um, until we start to see this happen in a lot of these third world countries, there's there's uh, always going to be a place for the variant to continue to keep um, swirling around and, and coming up with new stuff. What I also think was interesting, they call it the South African variant, Tom, um, uh, uh, the Omicron. It, it actually started in Botswana. It didn't start in South Africa. I thought that was kind of interesting. All right. Let's try to sneak one more phone call in here before we finish. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Hi, this is Louie from Gleason. How hey, are you doing? Good. good morning, Louie. Louie. You're on with Merle. Go ahead. Merle. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for getting about natural immunity. There's a lot of people who've had COVID already. Well, that's what we just talked about, Louie, is between uh, vaccinations and infection. Uh, about 98.8% of the population is, is developed antibodies. So we threw them in. Well, well, I guess I was on the phone trying to get through. But uh, <laughs> until they actually study this and find out how good the natural immunity is, most of the variants might possibly be, you know, you're probably pretty well immune to them outside of maybe getting a little Well, to a certain degree, there's, there's always some of the stuff. Uh, some of the stuff that I've been reading over the course of the, the last week or so is that usually the variants that come out from a major pandemic, from the alpha strains of it, the variants that come out are less um, severe and that whole bit. They're just kind of struggling around trying to survive. Um, yeah. It, it seems from what we're yeah, yeah. It seems from what we're reading right now that that's kind of the case. So uh, what you're we'll suggesting, see. Louis, is that if you've had it already, you're you're not going to get the vaccine. And yet we keep hearing over and over again that the people that are getting the sickest and the people that are dying the most often are the people that are unvaccinated. So you're going to roll the dice and say I'm not yeah. going to get the vaccine. So the, the, the one thing that uh, I, according I think, to whose numbers? Yeah, you know, what I would like to find out. They're not even this. looking for it. Yeah, the one thing that I thought would be interesting in this is that the people who are unvaccinated that are getting sick, how many of them actually have had this? That's, that's a study I would love to see um, uh, for any reason. Now, I've had it, and, and I, I plan to get vaccinated, um, but it would be really interesting what are you waiting for you waiting for? What's that? What are you waiting for? Well, we were talking about this on a break, folks. Um, I've been waiting around saying, well, I'm coming to South Africa and wait until later in the year just in case there's something different that I need to get a vaccine for. And then, ta-da, here we are. And it looks like I'm probably not going anyway because the U.S. won't let me come home. All right. Well, hey, let me go there, but not come back. We're just, yeah. yeah, we're just about out of time for today. If folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, how can they do that? Folks, Monday morning, stop and visit us, 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street in Wassa. Stop on in, say hello, say hi, have a cup of coffee. And in this time of the year, there's always a plethora of bleeding candy coming through. And so... Stop in and say hello. Give us a call, 715-849-3600. Outside of the Wassa area, 866-355-5100. Or find us online at kelchandassociates.com. All right, we'll talk to you again down the road. We'll see you next week. Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates here in Wassa. Oh, yeah, let's give them one more plug for your Eagles Club oh, uh, well, Toys for Tots you, party tonight. Uh, yes, uh, Toys for Tots. Uh, we are giving and raising uh, uh, money and uh um, and, and collecting toys for Toys for Tots, which goes out, of course, to the uh, Marine Reserves. 
which goes out to the children within our, our, our area. So we invite you to stop down. We start music at 6 o'clock. We go until about 10 o'clock. And, of course, we'll have libations and cocktails and pizzas and all that sort of stuff along the way and raffles and all the other fun stuff and uh, a great fun time of, of music. And there's probably going to be other musicians from the area stopping in and having a little bit of a jam session. If you like to have that stuff, it's a lot of laughs and good times. So All right. Well, we'll look forward out. to that tonight. Okay. We've got uh, the news on the way. The Polka Show is a shortened version today as the Badger basketball team is in action as they will take on Marquette. That's a big matchup at the Kohl Center later this morning. And you can catch it all right here. Pre-game show at 1030 here on WSAU.